You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. to another episode of Your Dose of Death Podcast. Of course, as always, I'm Lauren Rosenberg. Thank you each and every single episode for the support, for the love, the admiration, whatever you want to call it. Um, I appreciate it either way. And as always, thanks to my sponsors, Crimson Mask and Grateful Death. Uh, both are incredible guys. Um, so today's episode is kind of going to be a um, just kind of a day-to-day kind of deal with... Um, uh, I was just – I just returned literally yesterday night from a hammer, my Hammerstein Ballroom weekend. I'm um, just going to kind of talk you guys through um, the show as well as what I did uh, on Saturday night – Saturday and Sunday. Um, but I, I just want to say overall the experience being in New York. Um, it was my first time in New York City. I've never been to New York um, or that part of New York in my life. Um, kind of crazy. I, I'm 26 years old and I never set foot in New York City at all, not even in LaGuardia. So it was all kind of a new experience for me. Um, and I just want to give a shout out to everyone who I met and talked to and um, got to see for the first time or, or whether it was the hundredth time I've seen you. I just I was just very um, grateful for all the experiences I got to have with people, some of who I've, I've only talked to via Zoom or text, finally to meet some people that I haven't seen ever and some people who I've seen several times, and it's just good to see them again. Um, I'm someone who appreciates interaction, whether it be through social media, whether it be through um, text or talk on the phone, whether um, you know me or not. Um, I appreciate it all. So um, thank you to everyone who made New York a um, great trip. Also, just tested just to make sure I didn't have COVID. Tested negative. So thank you to everyone staying safe. Um, it is COVID still out there, so I appreciate that. But um, starting off Saturday morning, I had a nice early morning flight, um, eight thirty. Um, not even a full flight. Um, upgrade to exit row. Um, and there was no one in my my exit row section, so got to use that time to relax. Um, the flight was nice and quick. Um, landed. Um, got on an Uber um, straight to Manhattan to the um, to the Fairfield that I stayed at. Um, thank you for the great hospitality and the free breakfast. I appreciated the hell out of it. Um, ended up literally um, getting there, checking in early, and um, they told me that I didn't have the room that I, um, that I had ordered. Ended up giving me a free upgrade to a City View um, room, which was um, beautiful. Got to see MSG. Got to see. Um, the, the One World Trade Center Tower. Um, got to see a beautiful view of New York. So that was something cool to wake up to slash um, see in, at night um, for being in New York City finally in person. Um, and um, so basically kind of relaxed a little bit, showered after the um, – and then I um, want to thank my good friends Matt Emerson and his friend Mike for um, giving me kind of the New York treatment. Um, ended up going to a brewery, other half brewery near Rockefeller Center. So – all my MCU fans or um, 
fans of of movies in New York. Um, got to see Rockefeller Center, see the skating rink. I had a friend who texted me. He was like, "That's the that's the rink from Hawkeye," and I was like, "Oh yeah, it is." So um, that was really cool. But yeah, chilled, watched part of the NFL playoff games at um at Rockefeller. Then we made our way over to the Indy Wrestling Hall of Fame. Um, which was for me an awesome moment. Um, for the, I, I know this is a deathmatch podcast, but I'm just covering kind of the whole weekend. Um, but it was really cool to just be around um, guys who I've seen so many times, like Alex Cologne, who always is one of the best people in the entire world. Um, Shane Mercer as well, um, and just everyone um, who was there. It was a great time. Um, congrats to all the inductees from Jerry Lynn to Tracy Smothers, rest in peace. To um, Lou Fisto, who to me is one of the top five greatest woman wrestlers of all time. Um, there's no one, there are not many people, I should say, that hold a candle to Lou Fisto's incredible two plus decade career. Um, that was an honor to see her um, do her thing um, or just speak, I should say, in the induction speech. It was really cool. Um, then. Um, CM Punk being there to induct his good friend um, and current GCW commentator Dave Prezak, who um, to me is one of the most incredible minds in wrestling. Um, Shimmer will always live on as one of the greatest women's all women's wrestling promotions of infinity forever, I should say. Um, getting to see Chris Hero make a surprise appearance to induct um, Tracy Smothers was an incredible moment. Um, homicide um, being inducted by... Um, Chris Dickinson was great, as well as Sanjay Dunn inducting Ruckus. An incredible um, Hall of Fame class for the first ever Indie Wrestling Hall of Fame. Um, the Cutting Room, if you've never been, is a interesting club. Um, really nice setup there. Um, had some nice food, some drinks. Um, it was really cool just to kind of be in that kind of environment, a more intimate environment. Um, just was It was just a good time all around. Um, ended up going back to the hotel and then kind of going to sleep kind of um, later. Um, also, um, I did have some New York style pizza. I went to New York Pizza Suprema. Um, thank you, fellow um, Count Out Network podcast colleague, Sean Taggart. Go listen to his podcast, um, Pure, the uh, official Ring of Honor podcast of the Count Out Network. Um, he suggested New York Pizza Suprema. Absolutely loved it. Two fantastic slices. Um, if you didn't get to check it out, this if you were in Hammers at Hammerstein this weekend, definitely check it out again when you're in New York City. Really loved it there. Um, and also, I appreciate everyone, everyone, the ins- institutions in New York who actually required you to show your proof of vaccination and your ID to go ID to go along with that. I, I very much felt safe. So um, that was awesome. Um, just to be around a safe environment. So um, then um, it was show day Sunday. Um, ended up taking the 15-plus-minute walk from my um, hotel to Times Square. Definitely did not have the right shoes to do that walk, but I did it. Um, I, I, again, I, I've never been in New York City in my life. The rest of my family has. Um, so this was kind of a first-time trip for me. I got to see um, – Got to literally be in the heart of Times Square, which was really cool for me as a kid. I've always wanted to visit there. Always seeing the ball drop New Year's Eve. Um, it, it was just kind of a, it was breathtaking to take it all in. I sat on, I sat on the red steps and just kind of took it all in. 
Um, it was it was really um, interesting. Just um, be around that area, um, and also made me realize there are a lot of Broadway shows I never even knew existed. <laughs> um, there are some that I knew existed, but some that I didn't. Kind of weird. Um, but nonetheless, it was just a really cool um, experience for me just to be in Times Square. Um, the weather um, cooperated with me. Um, it was cold, but it's it's nothing that I've been in. It's nothing that um, I should say I haven't been in before with being from Chicago. So um, it was cool. Um and then, of course, I'm just kind of relaxed. Um, ended up going to Lucy's. Um, thank you to the fine staff at Lucy's for putting up with me and my rambunctious GCW fan friends. Thank you, Middens, for putting together that little meetup, as well as Mike. Um, both of them very hospitable, very friendly guys who are fellow GCW fans like myself. Um, we had a great crowad at um, Lucy's during pregames and putting we, we they had a jukebox that we put on um, a lot of GCW themes on so we played some Journey we played some we played Waka Flocka we played Metallica we um, we got some Sleeping with Sirens as well as a day to remember um, it was like my kind of vibe um, watched some of the Rams game there um, kind of had a pregame a little bit longer than I wanted to and um, made the very not good mistake of not eating before Hammerstein. So um, was a little, I, I didn't realize I I wasn't feeling 100%, but I, I made it through Hammerstein. It was just um, – I, I ran back to my hotel, changed shirts. Um, or if you saw me, I wore the day have a memorial shirt. And then Hammerstein where um, – I want to give a big shout and thank you to Kevin Gill and the GCW Patreon for – making it possible for us to move up in line. Um, that really saved us a few minutes. Um, I didn't get to get merch. Uh, I didn't get to meet, like, RS and a couple other people, um, as well as, like, finally taking some photos. With, um, of course, you guys know him, the um, the always awesome Michael Servino Esquire from Kings Road Wrestling. We finally got to meet for the first time, which was a really awesome moment in itself. Um, the As he likes to call it, the, the Deathmatch News Dream Team, um, really some fun um, moments there. Also, um, I know this is being recorded past um, his birthday, but Justin Finn, happy belated birthday as well. Um, of course, um, I got to talk about um, one of my good friends. Um, I, literally, I call her like my big sister in the world of professional wrestling, Val Capone, who I, I didn't even know was coming to Chicago um, until a few days ago before Hammerstein. Oh, and I should also talk about um, Sunday morning as well, or Sunday afternoon, um, the ramen I had. If you, I know you guys probably saw Twitter. Each around ramen, fantastic ramen, the best ramen I've ever had. Um, thank you, Vina, for letting me come along to that. Um, that was really an incredible experience I've never been able to do. Um, again, this whole trip was about experiences for me. Um, I'm really grateful for all the experiences I got to have. Um, I feel bad. I feel like I didn't have enough time to see everyone. Um, I, I wish I had longer. It feels like I always. It feels like these trips go by, and I see people that I want to see, and I see people that I don't. And I unfortunately didn't get around to seeing it. It's just like the, uh, I feel like I don't have enough time in the world sometimes. But 
Then flash forward. So Hammerstein, um, I get there, had a beer and uh, some chips. Not the best idea. Um, but I, I, I made it through Hammerstein. And um, I'm going to talk about the show. So this is kind of like a Hammerstein day-by-day trip synopsis slash from a fan perspective. And then um, Hammerstein Ballroom. Um, what a cool venue. Um, I, I remember watching One Night Stand. Um that was like kind of my experience with Hammerstein. But of course there's the ROHs that have run there. There's the ECWs that have run there. Um GCW getting to be another vet promotion that has ran that venue is an incredible and sell it out too. So um I got to see a lot of people I haven't seen in a while. Um they to especially my podcast mentor Tiffany, um, who is doing some great stuff. Um she she's always doing great stuff. Um I'm happy to have been mentored in the ways of the podcast through her, of course, as well, Brad, um, as well as others who um, I'm, trying, I mean, I'm trying to thank, who um, Nick Dorito as well. Um, thank you, Nick, for getting the, the Puerto Rican flags as um, handed out. I, I just, I'll get to that a bit later, but that was one of the coolest things of the night, if you know what I'm talking about. Um but um, honestly, just people I haven't seen, and um, it, it was something cool. Just kind of getting to see everyone, saying hi to people, and um, getting um, situated with my seats um, as well. Of course, um, I had bought tickets for Mikey Manfredi's Zach Batista and his brother, who um, I'm glad they made it the trip out for this show. Um, it was really great to experience this, this with them. Um, of course, make sure to hit up Zach and Mikey on Independent Waters, which will be coming out. Probably come this this will come out after theirs. Um, but really, it was just a good time with them. Um, had an incredible seats, fourth row on that near the entrance way. Um, it was a really cool setup, and um, I I know that. Um, they are um, it's, a, it's a different setup than what Hammerstein's been in the past but it was a setup that I, that worked for me at least that being said um, let's get into the show itself um, Nick Wayne unfortunately couldn't be on the show um, I like a mission I, I don't know if it was an age thing or something like that I believe it was uh, I don't want to speculate but the um we had the first up we had the Bal Royal, which um of course um um spoiler Big Vin did win, which I was super happy about. I love Big Vin. Um of course he was a part of the unsanctioned pro um open weight title match that was sponsored by yours truly. Um he's been everywhere, of course, a second gen uh, second generation wrestler. Of course, his dad, the great 911 from ECW, who did show up and, and gave him a beer. Um, that was a beautiful moment. But, of course, some some highlights for me. Thunder Rosa showing up at Hammerstein. That had been a, a real moment for her. Um, Brandon Kirk coming back to a GCW show. That's what I never envisioned. Um, but Brandon Kirk, welcome back to the fold, buddy. Um, I hope he comes back on more GCW shows. Um, very soon. So I'd love to see him on more shows and see more opportunities for him. Um, then else, um, what else? Psycho Clown 
being the first competitor. Um, Paro really had um, a big impact. Hoodfoot as well, um, who has been absolutely killing it with GCW the last few weeks. Really was awesome to see him. Um, Marcus Mathers as well. Um, there, there's so many highlights of that Battle Royal. It was a good Battle Royal. It was a very well-paced one. Um, very surprised with Charles Mason and his participation in it, but he's been doing some very good work on JCW, so I think this was kind of a reward for him getting that good work done. So this this really felt like a JCW kind of showcase in that sense, and I think for people who are – this is their first JCW show. They aren't familiar with JCW. Definitely hit up JCW. There's some good wrestling going on over there. Um, Charles Mason's great. Everett Connors is great. I know he's in England now, but – he was a staple. Frontman Ja, who I wish was on this Battle Royal. Big Vin. Um, Cole Radrick as well, um, who had the Radrick or Riot signs, which I got. Um, absolutely awesome to see Cole get this moment. Who, a guy who has been probably one of my fa um, favorite wrestlers of the last year or so. Super consistent. Really has been breaking out. I, I hope to see him everywhere and anywhere. You can possibly see him. Um... Then uh, moving on to the scramble. So the scramble ended up being um, Alex Zane, Shane Mercer, Ninja Mac, Dante Leone, um, Grim Reefer. I'm just trying to make sure. Zane, Mac, Dante, um, Mercer, Zane. Um, man, I'm, I'm blanking on this. But, um, but um, Grim Reefer won this. Uh, match. I was super happy about it. Um, the super super um, happy with Grim Reaper getting his moment. By the way, in my opinion, um, probably the absolute coolest um, pro marijuana advocate ever. Um, so it was Reaper defeating Mercer, Zane, Jack Hartwheel. Um, Ninja Mac and Dante Leone was the scramble. Um, also should know with the Battle Royal, Lufisa was the surprise entrant, which, again, pots me big. Um, so it was really cool. Um, crowd was off to a hot start from the Battle Royal or the kickoff show. Um, really enjoyed um, just the energy. This was a show you really had to be at. Um, I know there have been people who were talking about how it seems interesting um to on TV and a lot of people this was their first GCW show and I understand um there were some things didn't land and um this was a show though where the crowd like just being in Hammerstein Ballroom was so special um so really in reality this was a um which is just a great moment um in time just to be there and um we had some um, great guests, um, but of course, um, let's get on to the main card. Um, I've seen that video package a million times by now. Um, the The reason this show is happening is to the testament of Brett Lauderdale and GCW and how this was Brett's goal. He wanted to be in um, GCW. He wanted GCW to be here in Hammerstein. He know. I mean, yes, the New York State Athletic Commission is kind of a bit stringent. Um, there's um, 
times where it's just um, they, they don't allow blood. They don't allow certain things that per se that they do. But it's just it didn't matter. This was just a moment for them. And um, so kind of wanted to touch on something that I think has been talked about a bit much. And I think there's people who think differently and I you're entitled to that. But how I thought of the show after the show ended was this was not a show that was a victory lap. This in no way should be looked at that. And I like it that way because the best pay-per-views to me are the ones where you get people anticipating the next event. You The, the idea of a wrestling business is that you're trying – yes, you want highlights that, oh, yeah, like this happened in the Hammerstein Ballroom. But not everything has to be an end point. This is – the collective is only about several months away we're in January. By the time March, April hits around, it's it's going to feel quick. Joey Janela's spring break is is back to Joey Janela now. Number six, the sixth edition, and so a lot of the matches felt like kind of starting points for potential feuds going into spring break or collective weekend. So I just want to kind of give you guys that feeling because yes, there were some criticisms. Yes, people believe the GCW talent were not treated well enough, but. There's a plan for everything. And I think sometimes that plan gets lost in translation. So let's start off with um, like that moment. MLJ, uh, shout out to him. Literally one of the coolest dudes in professional wrestling. I love that guy to bits and pieces. Getting his moment to say we're in Hammerstein um, with the, the talent all just ringside just pumping up the crowd an incredible moments um that crowd was awesome almost all night but the the latter match of course Jordan Oliver Jimmy Lloyd Alex Cologne G Raver PCO Tony Depp and AJ Gray and a grab the wrestling ladder match AJ being a last second entrant um Leo Rush being taken out of this match for replacing him is G Raver um, I thought that was a great match. Fantastic. Great opener. Way to get the crowd hot. Um, there were some really terrifying spots in this. And especially where I was. Um, wow. This was something else. Um, everyone brought it. Um, from the entrance music, you, you, from the entrances to just the crowd being hyped for this match. Um, I think AJ... Really, um, yeah, he he may have had the, the scariest bump of the night, but he managed to win this match. And I'm going to be honest, um, I've always been a big proponent of AJ Gray in this sense because he's a former world champion, but he didn't get really his time to shine. He's always been close to the main card, but he's never been just there. And I think when the GCW Extreme title, it's a big deal. I mean, it's, he ended... Uh, a long reign of PCO who brought the title back from the dead. But winning this match puts AJ in a very peculiar spot with how things turned out last night. Maybe we get a unification of the GCW title and the Extreme title. I don't know, but um, other notable moments. Um, the Doomsday Ladder um, move was wild. Um, PCO I'm amazed he didn't get hurt. I mean, the guy is literally the French-Canadian Frankenstein for a reason. Um, G-Raver trying to do a swanton. 
on uh, Cologne, and um, the latter was absolutely terrifying. He's, I, I watched him do that. He slipped because his one foot was just not on the ladder. And it, it looked cool, but it also looked absolutely terrifying. And then Raver, of course, taking an awesome bomb from Jimmy. Those two will never, ever stop fighting in any capacity. Um, that awesome bomb was terrifying. I wasn't able to see the, the floor part of that. But we kind of stood up and I saw it. And Raver just bumped really hard on that. It, it was a... This was a car crash of a ladder match. And, of course, AJ with that that dive that just did not go as planned. Um, I can't even believe he finished the match. Um, Jordan Oliver taking the package pile driver as well on a ladder that was um, – and, I mean, um, Jordan Oliver, shout out to him for that awesome, awesome, awesome clout cutter from the ladder. One of the coolest moves of the night. Um, this was a really hot way to start off this show. It was a good way to showcase a lot of the GCW guys who have been carrying this company. And AJ getting his moment. Um, He's been in this company for a while. He was discovered in Nashville. And he's he's now at the hot seat. Or the driver's seat, I should say. He's got everything going for him. He won the extreme title. He got now the brass ring, which is basically a money in the bank. It cashes in a world title opportunity. So... Um, whoever uh, that that world championship is right in his view. So, really great way to start off the show. Um, it's just some really um terrifying spots in this, but AJ got it. Then let's go to the Lucha Six Man Tag. This was my match of the night, hands down. My match. I I love good Lucha Libre. Um, Gringo Loco, Flamita, Arez, who Arez, I'm just going to put over. I know, again, I know this is a deathmatch podcast, but I'm talking about Hammerstein. Um, this was, um, Arez really showed that he's a world-class luchador. I've always thought that. One of the coolest looks, innovative with his technique, almost literally flawless with execution. Um, him and, um, him and um, Laredo Kid were really the two MVPs of this match for me. Um, but of course, um, this match was fast paced. It was hot. ASF as well, who is incredibly blown up with GCW, um, has looked awesome in every match he's been put in. Him and Gringo have great chemistry together. Um, also, Demon Flamita in GCW has been a very nice fit. Um, that's a guy who I, I hope gets more GCW time because he's really been fun to watch in GCW. And I'm, I'm being perfectly honest when I say that. Um, but, of course, um, Team Gringo Loco um, got the win here. But um, the coolest spot of this night, hands down, was the Chicken Fight Canadian Destroyer. Absolutely breathtaking to watch in live. We're just all losing it. As they're doing a, a glorified chicken fight in the middle of the Hammerstein Ballroom. That's the one that all six of those guys are going to remember for a very long time. Um, the one, the Spanish fly that Laredo did onto the floor was really cool. Um, that little toss that Team Gringo did to ASF, tossing him over the third rope like a rag doll, was wild in itself. But um, 
really fun stuff here. Um, I think most people also saw the um, the kickouts, um, double moonsaults, the simultaneous moonsaults by Ares and Flamita. Really breathtaking to see that, whether on TV or in the Hammerstein. Um, well, everyone brought it really in this match. This was really, um, really cool. So let's move on. Um, Blake Christian comes out and said Jonathan Gresham unfortunately um, cannot make it. So he is being promised an ROH title shot in the future eventually. Um, but that doesn't mean Blake Christian is out of the card. He says he wants to fight. And who comes out? None other than a man who has given him some of his best matches. Which, two out of three, I'd say so. But the third was a bit of a dud. But Leo Rush was the man to replace Gresham. And this was really... If you take out the third match they did at Fight Forever, which was very story-oriented, which was kind of was like a, oh, hey, Blake, you're getting ready for sports entertainment land. Might want to do this kind of match to see how you can hold up. Take out that third match and put this match instead as the what should have been their third match. Leo and Blake really, really, really brought it. This, I mean, it's Hammerstein Ballroom. Leo Rush um, is close to becoming a free agent for um, leaving. He's soon to be leaving AEW. Um, there were some back and forth um, exchanges with these two that were breathtaking. Um, notably, the um, Leo Rush was trying to do that bottom rope cutter, and Blake did like a version of the V trigger onto him. Which looks absolutely nasty. Um, Leo, though, picked up the win. Um, this was a really um, fun match. Both guys really brought their A game. Again, this really should have been the third match. I, mean, I know the Blackheart was something that they wanted to bring back because Leo's in the Indies and it was a CZW thing, kind of whatever. But the, the, the best Leo Rush is really when he gets to show off his athletic style. He's an athlete. Both these guys are athletes. They're they're wrestlers, but they're they're athletes as well. Um they, they did some really cool stuff. Uh, Blake, I love that 450 double stomp. That is one of the coolest finishes I've seen. Um but both guys just really really brought their A game. Um or actually it was Blake that got the win. Um, I, I thought it was Leo Rush for some reason, but I guess um, Blake got the win. But then, um, but overall, just really good match between Blake and Leo. Was really impressed with both guys. This is really the match I wanted with them. So, um, next up, of course, one of the highlight matches of this show. Joey Janela, Matt Cardona with Chelsea Green. Um I'm going to say this, and yeah, I, I did give Matt Cardona a deathy. I, I will admit that. I, I will fully admit that. I know people are like, oh, why did you do that? I'm like, because of things like what happened at the Hammerstein. Um, the, the, also, shout out to um, Giancarlo and whoever else worked on the um, – the hype video for Cardona and Janela, really great stuff. Um, the feud was very well put together. Um, and 
Then um, there was a sign that someone brought paying homage to the One Night Stand 06 show of um, basically um, it was saying if Cardona wins, we riot. Um, of course. Um, and then, of course, Cardona came out to enter Sandman or a version of it. Um, it. It was funny. Um, Cardona came out and he had a he had a very interesting jacket on. Um, Chelsea Green was kind of doing her best Zack Ryder impersonation with her gear, but um, Cardona seems to have a, a bone to pick with Mick Foley because the back of his um, thing said, fuck Mick Foley. Um, we at Your Dose of Death um, don't think poorly of Mick Foley. I don't know what Matthew Cardona is thinking here. Um, nonetheless, though, I got to say this as well. I hope every wrestler saw the heat that Cardona got at Hammerstein. Um, the heat is beginning everywhere in GCW. It has been excellent. And I'm trying, I'm, this is like not caping. This is really the truth. I hope every wrestler aspires to get that kind of heat someday. Some do, but Cardona has been absolutely excellent in the role he's been playing. Um, it was just. The, I got an, an incredible photo with the Cardona, with Cardona wins, we riot, sign in the back, and it's just a sea of middle fingers, a sea, a, a sea of booze. It, it's the kind of stuff you wish for as a heel in this business. And Matt Cardona has played, he's played his part perfect. He, he has looked the part, and this is the most relevant Matt Cardona's probably been in his entire career. But to the match itself, Joey looking awesome as ever. Um, there are some fans slipping him off, and Joey was nonchalantly not having it. That's just the bad boy for you. Um, this match, I will say, this was a very Joey Janela spring break-esque kind of match. That was a slightly overbooked, very long. Uh, this was probably the longest match of the show. Um... But nonetheless, um, I love this. I'm sorry. I loved this match. I loved all the callbacks to One Night Stand. Um, the run-ins were fantastic. Um, from Sam Stackhouse, Hornswoggle, Marco Stunt, Smart Mark Sterling, and of course, my favorite, my personal, um, oh, also Virgil as Vincent Mann. Um, Virgil, of course, a GCW icon in many, many, many of sorts. But, of course, I think my personal favorite run-in was the um, the very vivid memory of the the biker helmet spear through the door on Janela. And who was it? None other than Brian Myers, the former Kurt Hawkins. Um, all I got to say is the Cardona versus Real ladies and gentlemen. This, this is wild. This is final. This this really is something else. Um, but of course, then the match. Um, Cardona tried to hit the uh, Rough Rider. Um, Joey took, um, kicked out a two. Um, but there were some wild moments. Um, there was the point where um, Chelsea did a double swerve, um, working with Joey, then taking the ring from the ropes and. Joey hitting his crotch on the ring. It was a double swerve, which was a bit. It was a bit interesting. We the crowd, 
I loved it, but um, there was just some really wild stuff. Uh, but of course, as I said earlier, Brian Myers with the edge spear on the table or the door, I should say, um, helped um, Janela lose this match. And of course, the the trash started flying. The, the scary was not having it. Um, but of course, who comes out after the bell? None other than Sean Waltman, better known in the GCW universe now as Six Pack. Um, many of us know him as X-Pac. He came out to DMX music, which was fantastic. I got to say this. Sean Waltman, six-pack, whatever we're supposed to call you, you still got it. Um, I hope this leads to a multi-man tag at spring break. Um was really fun, really entertaining. Sorry. Um, just on all sorts of wild... Run-ins. I know some people hate how long it was, but it was just really, really wild. Um, um, just to see that all that happened, um, I was. I'm not surprised by the result. I mean, Cardona is fully G- Team GCW. You may think he's not, but he's a, he's an absolute GCW guy. Um, bringing in all those people. Um, go back and watch this. Um, def- it was just the crowd was really eating everything up in this match. Um, we even got um, Cena and RVD um, recreation moment of the of Cardona tossing his shirt and a fan. Which, by the way, Future Joey, um, awesome to meet you finally. Um, Future Joey ripping uh, the Joey Janela cosplayer. If you don't know who I'm talking about, ripping up the shirt, tossing it back at, and literally hitting Chelsea Green. The crowd was absolutely eating it up. It was so surreal to see the moments in this match that played out. Um, this was just a match of moments. So um, um, just buckle up for the ride to Janela Spring Break 6. Mance Warner made a surprise return. Um, he said he promised us he would be here. Whether or not he was selling a boot or not, he showed up in full gear. Atticus, of course, um, came out and has basically he tore down GCW. Um, everyone involved. Um, the two of them start getting a brawl. Four four zero. Bobby Beverly, Eddie Only, Gregory Irons show up, beating up um, poor Manser, who's still hurt, still on the mend. Um, Atticus was ready to take out the skewers and basically cost Brett Lauderdale some fines. But, of course, this isn't before Matthew Justice came out. And then the lights went out. And for those of us who were there, uh, we saw Sabu right away. Incredible moment seeing Sabu and Hammer again. And, of course, my personal favorite, seeing the illustrious, legendary Bill Alfonso, the manager of champions himself, make his way. The whistle heard around the Hammer ballroom. It is not... ECW reunion without Bill Alfonso, in my opinion. And Alfonso and Sabu were giving chairs of Mansur and Justice, and they, they Sabu'd 440 out of there. Um, really fun, just a fun little segment. Um, was cool to see them, um, see those four being in the ring together. Just a little something to give the crowd a little pop. Mance 
coming back sooner, hopefully, rather than later. Matthew Justice, SGC again, their moment. Pantera playing all across the Hammerstein Ballroom, which is great to hear. And 4-4-0 has to retreat, as always. Then, of course, um, Allie Catch versus Ruby Soho. This is a match that Allie wanted herself. This is um, this is a match that I truly believed that Allie deserved. And I've I've said this on multiple podcasts or on other podcasts, I should say, where I truly believe Allie Catch has become one of the most improved rosters on the GCW roster. Um, she's put in the work. She's been given some ex- excellent opportunities against some very high caliber women's wrestlers. Some wins, some losses. Um, Ruby Soho, on the other hand, this is her first GCW ex- experience. And someone who I thought would have fit with GCW very well. I mean, of course, um, Giancarlo did a fantastic job on the promo videos for um, both of them. Of course, Ruby's pre-AEW. And, of course, Allie kind of they recreate a lot of the Ruby Soho spots from that um, promo video. Of course, though... Um, it was just excellent to see these two in the ring. I, I thought Giancarlo probably was the happiest person in the room seeing this all play out. Um, this was the best alley catch match since the name change. I'm going to say that right now. Um, from the handshakes, I, I love the beginning of this match where they were just kind of playing like, oh, yeah, Allie thinks she can counter Ruby's technique, but Ruby just gets her right back in the same predicament. Um there were some backslide attempts. There were some really interesting, um, really interesting maneuvers. Some hard hitting moments in this match. Um, this was really excellent work by both women. Of course, though, Ruby Soho got that no future kicked kick, and after um, Ali Cash had to do an attempt a unsuccessful pile driver from the top rope. And Ruby got the one, two, three. So Ruby Soho gets comes into GCW night one. And I will say the interesting part was seeing the crowd kind of disrespect Ruby or kind of boo her out of the building. Um, that was a little, I, I, I didn't think that there would be heat, but there was a little bit of heat. People were kind of a little upset. They thought Allie was going to get her moment here, but she came up close. And, of course, the two of them, um, Ruby put her over in the end, so the crowd kind of was like, oh, okay, fine. And um, it was interesting seeing that. I don't know if Ruby's going to be back in GCW. I hope she is. I think think there are some opportunities for her in GCW that she wouldn't be able to get per an AEW kind of deal. So then we go on to, of course, Allie's tag team partner, the bussy counterpart. Himself, Effie, facing off with Jeff Jarrett. And I got to say this. I have personally been loving the way Jeff Jarrett's been booked in GCW. He doesn't talk much. Comes in. He's got that guitar, that beautiful blue guitar. And just smacks people in the face with it. That's all you need to do sometime. He doesn't need to go on some promo tangent. He doesn't need to talk something stupid. He just comes in, comes out, kicks ass, takes names, and leaves. He did do that promo, which I did like, how he was the original outlaw, and Effie's coming into his world now. Um, It was really, I didn't realize this until it was mentioned to me that WWE superfan Vlad was in the building right near me, and almost got choked by Jeff Jarrett. Um, That was wild to me. Jeff was on one. 
I'm just going to say that. Um, he gave some fans some very interesting looks. He just looks not happy to be there. And it's very safe to say he wasn't in the most um, welcoming of environments. But, of course, Effie, the goodbye yellow brick road, playing all across the Hammerstein. What a beautiful moment. Um, Effie getting his moment in the sun at, at Hammerstein. The two of them um, had some very interesting chemistry. Of course, um, exchanged some wrist locks. And um, Effie did kind of his vintage moves, which Jeff was taking off guard by and had to like have a talk with the ref. Was like I don't I'm not dealing with the shenanigans, um, like like when Jeff Effie gets on his knees and just kind of has a gaze at his crotch and Jeff Jarrett felt uncomfortable, um, and then of course um the crowd was all for Effie these this entire match the we want we love Daddy the all the chants for Effie were there. Um, this match took a very violent turn for the worse when um. Jarrett was starting at the edge, and um, and Jarrett got his bell out. He whipped Effie in the back several times with a bell, and, he, and the refs were trying to restrain him. And poor Adam Galt, which, by the way, I hope Adam's doing well, got absolutely clocked by one of Jeff Jarrett's vicious belt shots. Um, that was I was and and that bell when Jeff got the right hand to hold on it. That was terrifying. The, the sound it makes when it hits skin, it, it was sadistic nonetheless. Of course, near the end, um, Jared tried, did the guitar shot and Effie no-sold it. And then, of course, Jared hit his finish and um, hit Effie for the one, two, three, and Jeff Jared got the win. A very interesting... Um, Victory indeed, and um, it, it is an interesting booking decision. But I do believe that Effie is not done with Jeff Jarrett, and maybe just maybe this happens that the rematch happens at Big Gay Brunch, nonetheless. Then, um, we get to the Coleman event. A very surprising move, John Moxley versus Homicide for the GCW Ch World Championship being the co-main event. Nonetheless, um, Homicide, the um, GCW, Hall, the Indy Hall of Famer, getting his chance at the world title after the, um, be, being Atticus Coger for it. Um, very interesting um, matchup here. Um, a fun matchup, nonetheless. Moxley looks fantastic since coming back. Um, nonetheless, though, the fuck bully Ray chance really echoed. Um, all I want to say is you reap what you sow. Um, bully Ray's comments, I was not a fan of those. Neither was many people. Um, but that's kind of what happens when you, you make a kind of comment like that. Um, I'm just going to leave it at that. If you don't know, um, just look it up. It's It's out there. Nonetheless, though, um, these two had a really fun match. Really fun. Some chairs were used. Um, Homicide really looked great in this match. Um, Homicide's been doing this for a long, long time. He's a New York legend. He's been on Impact. He's been NWA. He's been everywhere and anywhere you can possibly think of. 
And all I gotta say is, um, he 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 held toe to toe with Moxley. Um, Moxley though just really was on his A game. Um, it's it's one of those things where you see it and you're like, this match doesn't make sense at times, but it really did. The, the two of them really um, brought their maneuvers out. They really try to do a lot here. Um, but I mean, Moxley, he did, he, he, it took several DDTs, especially one on the chair to hit, um, homicide and win this match. It was one of those kind of things where, I mean, this match was a good, was a good match. Um, it, it was definitely there. Um, homicide really stood toe to toe with him, but Moxley just outpowered him in the end. So, John Moxley is still the GCW World Champion. What's next for Moxley? We don't know. But um, as Brett has stated, John Moxley is not going to relinquish that belt anytime soon. He he is Team GCW. He he wants to defend against the best in, that GCW has to offer. Who who's next? I don't know. AJ Gray could cash in. Any anyone could. Get that opportunity with John Moxley, and then of course um, the main event: the Briscoes tag team title open challenge um, for the GCW tag team titles. So this, I I thought FTR was going to come out. I was thinking the reason they put in the main event was because for a big surprise. Um, I did not expect who came out though. I, I was very shocked. Uh, Matt Tremont, of course, hearing Journey se- uh, separate ways by Journey popped me big. It was a really awesome moment. Um, just um, really fun to hear that. And then, of course, Dewey Donovan came out and unleashed a, a newer version of the King Nick Gage upon the Briscoes at the Hammerstein Ballroom. Um, I'm gonna be. I'm just gonna kind of. Um, be upfront about this. Um, I had no idea Nick was even in the building. Um, I personally thought I didn't know if he was going to be at a Hammerstein. I, I had seen the cameo videos where he said he wasn't. He was mad at management. He was, and um, I was concerned. Um, he didn't look like the same Nick Gage I had seen several months ago at Art of War Games or at Fight Club against John Moxley. It had been several months since anyone's really seen him. He did commentary. For VXS, but I, I was a little concerned that he was not in the best of shape. But nonetheless, for whom the bell tolls hit, Nick Gage came out to an incredible pop. The loudest pop of the night. There is not a louder pop in the entire world that can duplicate the Nick Gage pop he got at Hammerstein. Um, he's back. That's plain and simple. Um, this was only a five-minute match. Um, I think I looked at the, my the phone, my phone, the clock. It was like a t- it was ten forty-five, ten fifty. Shima had already set up a door inside the ring. This match was a five. I, mean, I think they didn't really know how long Nick could be in the ring for, but this was a fun little just five seven-minute barber. Um, the brisk. Um, we had a pizza cutter cameo, which Jay swatted out of the air. 
Um, we had door shots. We had a whole bunch of wild and crazy things. Um, it, it, it ended quicker than anticipated. I will admit that. But of course, um, after the that um, after all that, Nick Gage and Matt Treeman are the new GCW Tag Team Champions. Dewey Donner makes an appearance. I, I, that was the first time I've seen Dewey, so I was kind of popping for him. Um, nonetheless, though, Nick Gage gets on the mic. The whole locker room comes out. Um, nonetheless, it was really awesome to see everyone just celebrate. Um, and again, um, I truly felt, after kind of digesting the show a little bit, this was a show um, that I um, did not think was just a victory lap. This was a transitional kind of show. It's just people thought differently because it was so high – it was so hyped because it was their first professional venue they've done. Um, they sold out the Hammerstein Bar. People thought, oh, this is like their WrestleMania card. Being a GCW fan for the years I've been, this was not a, a, a WrestleMania card. Yes, it had some outsider GCW talent, but really, it's just another one of the books for Brett Lauderdale and The Last Outlaws. All roads do lead to Dallas now at the collective. Um, whether it be the, the idea of having John Wayne Murdoch getting out there and screwing Alex Cologne over for a, the brass ring, or whether or not Effie and Janella have chips on their shoulders, whether it be Alley Catch still has to prove she's one of the best, or um, who's going to face John Moxley for the GCW title? He's welcoming all comers. Or what's next for this new tag team of, or the the tag team of Tremont Engage defending the tag team belts. Do the Briscoes want a rematch? There's a lot of questions and that there may be answers that come up maybe next month. There may be there may be answers that aren't answered until the collective or whether or not answered in Atlanta. Whether or not answered in Texas. But all we do know is that the the that the road to the collective started at Hammerstein. And um, I, I just want to also talk about it. It was great to see everyone. Um, thank you, Kaya McKenna, who literally is way too kind to me. I, I, I perfectly honest when I say that. She is um, the absolute sweetest. Um, got me a piece of the door from the Briscoes and Tremont Gage match. Um, thank you so much for that. Um, thank you, B-Boy, for the conversations. Um, and I thank everyone else I got to talk to um, after the show. Um, of course, then I uh, just kind of want to talk briefly. Um, not going to do as much on this because I just was not. I was starting to feel the effects of not having eaten after or before Hammerstein. Uh, but I went to New Fear City, the Casanova Valentine at the Kingsland. Um, if you saw me, um, yeah, I was not 100% into it. I just was not feeling all the best. I, I made it through, but I was hungry and I was tired. Um, but a little fun show. Um, Casanova, John Wayne Merrick was my match of the night there. Um, John Wayne, me and him had a nice little conversation, a little chuckle about his um, appearance at Hammerstein Ballroom. But Casanova was great. Masha and um, Reed. Hood for breaking. It's, it's, I, I got to do an O-Ring Deathmatch show. Um, it's, it's tough because a lot of people are just kind of there for the clips. So you're just kind of getting bum-rushed. By other fans who are wanting to do the same thing, no one wants to be in the same place. 
Um, it was a fun environment, a fun time. Um, thank you, Matt and Mike, for taking me. Um, just, I was just so tired, so I was just not 100% into it. Also, it was good to see, of course, fellow Year Dose of Death um, podcast friend uh, slash alumni of the show, Neil Diamond Cutter, um, as well as um, Sean P., Rough Sean P., doing a great job all night at the Kingsland. Um, Larry Legend as well. Um, we didn't get any juicy hot dog references, Larry. Um, I was a little disappointed, but nonetheless, um, was a great ring announcer for that show. And um, yeah, um, it was it was just a good time. It's just I was not a hundred percent invested into it. It just was not feeling the best after a hammer sign. But nonetheless, uh, I did it. It was something I got to do. Um, maybe I'll do it again. I don't know. Maybe next time, just gotta make. The right choices and strategically making sure I'm in the best mindset for some shows because that was that Sunday night was a long night slash Monday morning. Um, didn't get back to my hotel till like three thirty in the morning, New York time I should say, and then um, slept and um, got a earlier flight than what I anticipated. So thank goodness for that, and I'm home. Um, and now I recorded this so. Um, that is my New York trip in a nutshell. Thank you to GCW. Thank you to New Fear City. Thank you to everyone I saw and seen, pre-gamed, drank, had a drink with, shared a moment with. Um, thank you everybody who um, just experienced New York with me. Um, I am so forever grateful to everyone who um, to everyone who just um, shared an experience with me. Whether you said hi, took a photo. Just um, thank you guys. Um, it made this trip so much better. I was traveling by myself. Um, I'm someone who's not afraid to travel by myself. And you guys made it all the better. Um, just um, nice to have friends in different places than just here at home. So I appreciate it. And again, thank you guys for listening to this episode. Um, I hope to get back to some more news and stuff next episode. Um, so nonetheless... Um, I'm excited for the future of your dose of death as always. Um, don't worry. There'll be interviews coming up very soon. Um, and nonetheless, though, thank you guys for listening to this. And I hope you guys, if you were at Hammerstein, I hope you enjoyed it. If you were watching at home, let me know what you thought of the show. Um, just let me know. Um, I'm excited to hear what people thought of the show. This was a, a, a historical show for GCW, but it wasn't what everyone expected. It For me, especially... Um, the minute this show kind of ended, I was like, yeah, like, yes, we had a celebration in the ring. But this is just another show for GCW on a bigger scale. And um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, and I hope if you did, well, get right. Um, I understand. But now um, is the road to the collective begins. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And I hope you guys listen to more Your Joseph of Death. Lauren Rosenberg signing out. This has been a Countout Podcast.